This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Ken Marshall, who discusses how he changed careers to become an airline pilot in his 40s. So you too old to be an airline pilot in your 40s? Well, Ken's going to tell you, yeah, you're not too old. You can do it. Hey, before we begin, a few announcements. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, maybe an inspirational story or an announcement, write us at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Of course, you just go to the website, aviationcareerspodcast.com. You can find that scholarships guide that we have. We also have career coaching and some other various courses that we're putting a new one out on just the resume course, and that'll be out there soon. If you watch our YouTube channel, you can get that resume course for free. Uh, we're going to have a coupon code out there. Also, the scholarships guide. A lot of people have donated to this channel through our Patreon account, and you can too. It's real easy. There's on the top right corner of the website, it says become a patron. You can use the coupon code pay it forward when you check out for the scholarships guide. And by just folks contributing $1 a month, it's enabled us to give away scholarships guides every month. So what we do is every $10 we raise, we give away a scholarships guide, which is the cost of the guide. So uh, through the generosity of many people, uh, we are able to give away quite a few scholarships guides every month. Uh, we really do appreciate them. Uh, current scholarships guide, we have 79 new scholarships, four updates, and don't forget the new category, scholarships for adults, uh, for those folks that aren't in college and beyond, which we're going to talk a little bit about here. Really easy to find that aviationcareerspodcast.com slash scholarships. And we started posting again on YouTube. I remember years ago, I got a little discouraged with YouTube for some reason, uh, and I stopped posting out there, but it's we're back up and running. And what we're doing is we're trying to put out some short videos, uh, educational videos, kind of like this where we answer questions. And one thing I do want to say about that YouTube channel is the fact that uh, I heard your feedback and most of you that are asking questions on this podcast want it answered on this podcast because some of you in our very remote area I've heard from some of you from the ships and some of you military folks. Uh, apologize for that. I'll try to get some of that audio back onto this. But uh, basically, we're going to answer just the questions on YouTube, on YouTube, and uh, the ones that are here on here. Sometimes we'll we'll do both, but uh, primarily we're going to keep the, the two separate there. And some of our more popular episodes we'll be putting out on the YouTube channel. So uh, just to let you know, you will hear your, your questions answered here. So we decided to go on that route. So don't forget to check click on YouTube. Uh, it's really easy, our YouTube channel is uh, expert aviator all one word well on with the show we have a special guest today uh, somebody who's uh, real inspirational as far as a pilot and somebody that uh, a lot of folks i've talked to said he's he's a great guy because uh, he loves aviation and you can tell just uh, in his voice but that's ken marshall hey ken how's it going Hey, good morning, Carl. It's going great. Uh, glad to hear you plugging that YouTube stuff, man. I've enjoyed it myself. Oh, thanks. Um, one of the things that's interesting is that you know you're never too old to learn. That's for sure, and that's uh, something no. we're going to talk about here. Uh, but Ken, you are somebody that uh, started this career a little bit later in life. As far as we talk about, are you too old to be an airline pilot? Uh, <laughs> you specifically got started in your 40s, which uh, a lot of people are like, "Oh my gosh, I can't do it in my 40s." But you've done it. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I've arrived or <laughs> I, I, I've made a pretty good gouge in it, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, 
I've had a ball doing it. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I think one of the, one of the big things is, is learning to smell those roses along the way, uh, you know, and enjoying it. Uh, you know, you interviewed Nancy Bradshaw, I think in your last, uh, podcast and, uh, she made that point, you know, and, and you also, I think took maybe 10 years or something. Um, I did it in about, uh, about seven total, I guess, from beginning to reaching the airlines, not that the airlines are the end all for anybody, you know, that just seems to be what we think. We either go military or we'll go to the airlines, but, uh, Interesting. yeah, there, there are a lot of other jobs out there that are available and, uh, you know, whatever your niche is or whatever your passion is in aviation, there's something out there for you. And it still remains. I mean, even though we're kind of in a, an odd time because of the, the COVID stuff, but, uh, so you took, you know, to back up though, you're now a regional airline pilot, but th- this journey you took not, it was more than just those seven years that we talked about. You started oh, sure. off in a whole nother career. So just tell us a little bit about, you know, your, a little bit about what you did before and what really brought you into the world of aviation. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I tell you, I started drawing uh, airplanes when I was like third, fourth grade. I was just fascinated with it. My dad was a, was a radio TV engineer. So I built a little Heath kit. Some of you old guys might remember some of that stuff, but you could mail order these things or go buy them at a store. And we built a little radio and it was aviation radio. So dad would drive me to the airport and we'd string up an antenna on the old Oldsmobile and listen to the pilots talking, you know, doing uh, CTAF calls and stuff, which I know now, but back then I just thought it was great. I could hear guys in airplanes flying. So I started drawing airplanes as a kid and just fascinated with military stuff uh, was really that golden era of aviation, um, you know, World War II and, and shortly thereafter. Uh, always wanted to do it. Uh, got about halfway through high school, wanted to go into the Air Force. Didn't really, w- wasn't sure about it, um, but I was decent at music. So I kind of focused on that and that's how I got some money to go to school so that just kind of fell in my lap. So I thought, well, gosh, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Let's go play music for a while. And uh, things just started catapulting from there. So music, uh, just like any other pilot, man, you just focus on something. And it overwhelms you and you just love it. So uh, that's another passion. So I did that. That's what I did initially. Right out of college, I went to Michigan and played a dinner theater. And then kind of from there, started traveling with uh, – uh, different groups playing music and doing jingles and studio stuff and things like that. Uh, so that that aviation thing was kind of on a back burner, but it was always still in the back of my mind. Um, I always wanted to do it. Just then it became an issue of not having the money to do it. Uh, so everybody said, get a real job. I did that. So I worked for a Fortune 500 company for about 22 years. But um, 10 years into that, decided, uh, man, I really ought to pursue aviation because I'm not really happy this doesn't fit me. It's a great job. I'm, I'm thankful to have it, but I'm not true to myself, so to speak. So my wife and I came up with a plan. We were going to go zero to hero, you know, and kind of do the whole flight school and cash it all in. And, uh, but we didn't. And I'm kind of glad we did because 9-11 happened. Uh, there was a real slowdown in the hiring. Uh, I would have been caught up into that and probably really would have thrown a big kink in the chain. So, um, I decided to stick it out with that company. I wound up spending 22 years with them, and um, it was a very, uh, you know, I continued to work. Uh, it it kind of did suck at my soul a little bit because it wasn't a good fit for me, uh, but I was good at what I did and um, stuck out, and it paid for flight training. So I came out the other end uh, completely debt-free, met a lot of good friends, was able 
to meet some people there at that company and actually uh, fly with them and uh, teach them and so forth and inspire. So that made it nice. I love the people I worked with there. It was just the job itself wasn't a good fit for me. So, so one of the things you just said I hear often is that it kind of maybe it was a life suck job, et cetera. But the one thing you have to do is look at it from a positive viewpoint, like sure. you just did. It paid for your flight training. It, oh, it certainly did, and the people there. It it allowed me to learn how to to function in in an intense environment that required a great deal of my time and dedication, but at the same time, stay passionate about something. And that's kind of like, like music. There's a parallel with that when you play music. I mean, uh, flying and playing music for a living is very, very similar. There are a lot of really high highs, but when the lows are lows, it's almost like everything is shut down and you're not flying. You know, you can only take off and land so much, (laughs) you know, uh, that's you're limited. Uh, so, then when you're not flying or you're at home in these times, you have to have something there. Uh, we're just the type of uh, individuals that always have, have something, whether you're male or female, that's a non-issue. Pilots are pilots. Uh, I've got a female captain friend of mine at uh, where I work now, and she's really into roller coasters. And I just think that's the coolest thing. You know, that's her that's her passion. Takes pictures of them and designs roller coasters on, on uh I'm not sure what that's called. It's like Sim City, but it's like Sim Coaster or something. <laughs> and then she travels and takes pictures all around all around the U.S. and the world. And we were chat- chatting um, about maybe she was thinking about, gosh, everything's shutting down. I think Australia is the only place I can go to see roller coasters right now. So, you know, just things like that are, are inspirational and learning from other people and how they cope with things. Because w- with everything in life, there's ups and downs. You know, that's just that's just reality, you know. Sure. And it's interesting. There is a big parallel there with the music because music is one of those things people do that they enjoy. It's And it's interesting that you actually were able to make money with it right away, going to school and then getting out of school and, and working in that industry. I mean, how many people in aviation would love to do that? Well, it's... It, oh, yeah. Um, there's quite a few. I mean, you know, I, I've met... Uh, Gosh, I've flown with a captain who was also an actor in New York City uh, that, that I work with. And he's fast. You know, I usually start off. That's one of the things that I kind of learned working at the uh, uh, the large automotive manufacturer that I worked for is relating to people first and foremost, making that connection. Uh, we're especially in this industry. We're in a service industry. That's what we do. We take care of people. And anytime we get a too high minded about our own personal agenda or our egos or something, we kind of lose sight of aviation is a service industry. We take care of people by doing this. And in turn, we get to do what we're passionate about. So uh, that's something I kind of learned is I get in the cockpit, uh, especially with like CRM, because everything I did prior to uh, coming to work for the airlines was 135. uh, And it was just me mainly. I did a little CRM and did some charter flying under 135. But uh, one of the things I like to do is just sit down in the cockpit and say, hey, yeah, because uh, everybody wants to know your background right off the bat when they haven't met you. And I said, well, I'm one of those flaky, weird, artsy people. <laughs> I usually say that. And, and a lot of time that squelches those male egos that are, you know, guys can be a little, they can be a little tender at times, you know. Uh, but when they learn that you're a little weird uh, and a little flaky, then uh, they, and, and usually they'll kind of express that. So it's been fun because I've met guys who are actually art curators and actors and, uh, you know, they're just as weird as I am. So, uh, and then a lot of times it, it also gives, I think it just sets the tone uh, that, hey, I'm not here to compete. You know, I'm here to help you. I'm here to, to play the role that I know that I'm, I'm supposed to do. And 
I really like that and I'm, I'm happy with that. So, you know, I try to use those, uh, those parallels that I learned in a corporate world and bring it to, to CRM because, uh, it's really, there's two of us up there for a reason. Uh, you know, I always say, uh, teamwork makes dream work and that's, that's just the reality of it. So now you're at a, at a regional, and I think that's a great analogy. It's uh, teamwork makes dream work. And it's something that we sometimes don't realize is how important it is to relate to customers, and we do have that that type of interaction. I was wondering, you know, you're at a regional. Do you – I think a lot of people think that in the airline world – it's similar to like the cargo world. We really don't see or interact with our passengers. And then quite honestly, that happens every so often. But what are your feelings? Are Do you get involved in customer service very much at the regional you work for? <laughs> yeah, I try. I really do. I, that, that's one of the things that I miss about charter flying. Uh, I flew beavers uh, quite a bit too, uh, beyond flying little private jets. I uh, flew in Alaska for a company there. And uh, we gave some tours also. So we were cargo, we were passenger service to about 18 different island communities, and then we flew cargo in Alaska. Then from there, I went into charter flying, which was very one-on-one. We kept the cockpit doors open, going to FBOs. I would ask people, can I get you a coffee? Can I get you anything to drink? We've got some snacks. And I enjoy doing that. Uh, that's something that uh, just my personal makeup. So when you're when you're doing that, though, it, it, you got this experience, but I'm curious, like, how did that tie over to this this to regional? The yeah, yeah, this, I know you kind of almost sort of have to make it happen if you want to do that if it's your thing, um, and that's kind of my thing. Like a lot of times, I will lay back and see what the captain is like that I'm flying with because I'm an FO at this point. Uh, you know, all the guys I fly with, all the flight attendants I work with, especially where I'm based right now, which is down in Columbia. South Carolina, uh, we just have some of the best crews here. So I kind of, I, I let them kind of take the lead in a sense. But if I've got a quiet captain or somebody who is maybe not a very interactive person or is shy, which can, can happen. I mean, it's not a dig on them at all. It's just who they are. Then I'll ask them, Hey, do you mind if I chat with the customers? Well, I'll, I'll, a lot of times if we're not rolling or whatever, and we're taking a delay, I'll get up, I'll stand in the galleyway and ask the flight attendant, may I use your phone? And um, I'll get on there and talk to them face to face. And that way they can see me smile. And I think it gives them, I don't know, a feeling of, hey, this guy really cares, which I do. You know, uh, I'm not just trying to fake it. I'm trying to actually uh, relate. Uh, I love chatting with customers. I like I like talking to them before we take off. Uh because a lot of times I'm waiting at the gate for a gate agent to get through the door and uh, to go through the security protocols. Uh, I've been able to sit with uh, Senator Lindsey Graham and chat with him uh, in Dulles for about an hour and a half. Both of us were delayed. He was going one one direction uh, up towards Greenville, and I was going back to Columbia. And just a a fantastic person. Uh, I've been able to meet uh, Patch Adams. Um, I just happened to recognize him because I watched a TED Talk and was fascinated from that movie of John... uh, uh, Robin Williams, I almost said John Williams. But, um, yeah, uh, I physically pushed uh, Jesse Jackson when he came to Columbia uh, up the ramp uh, in, in a chair. So uh, he uh, he was on one of my flights and brought him back home. He got delayed. And uh, so I, I've had a really – those are just some names that I think people recognize. Uh, obviously, I've met some other folks and uh, and flown some people in charter, which I've kind of taken a vow not to say. But I've enjoyed – meeting people and serving them and uh, getting to relate to them and, and 
yeah, I just love people, and I, I enjoy the pilots and the flight attendants that I fly with too. They're 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 a wonderful bunch. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Is right there is the interaction with the crews. Uh, you know, I you've heard me here on on the podcast say you know I kind of miss that sometimes, but in reality, those those are the people that become your friends, your family, uh, you know, your aviation family. And you do form these relationships, amazingly enough, uh, by working at the airlines. And you have your favorite captains. You know which ones go out. Like I had one that was really good at pool, and I would love to go out because he would teach me all sorts of stuff about shooting pool. Do you kind of yeah. do you kind of have something like that where you have kind of your oh, favorite captains and sure, <laughs> yeah, and and you look forward, you know, uh, you look forward to to seeing them and hearing what's up and. You know, like uh, one guy, he likes to wrench on stuff, which I do too, you know, uh, like hearing about roller coasters. That was, that was one of the funniest things. I just enjoyed that. That just, that, that took me by surprise, you know, and I really enjoy that about that captain. She's, she's fun to talk with. Uh, uh, yeah, just in relationships, the, a lot of the guys, especially my age, you know, they have kids, uh, that are some are, uh, you know, artists or they're in school with a, a very specialized degree, just hearing updates on their families, uh, learning about how to take care of yard. I'm really bad at that. I'm horrible. <laughs> I've always lived up in the woods or something, you know, and, uh, we've never really had a yard that's, uh, that visible. So, uh, yeah, just learning different captains that that's their thing, you know, that, uh, I've talked with how to put fertilizer on and how to deal with yards. And, and yeah, there's all kinds of neat stuff out there. I've got another friend of mine that I was in uh, ground school with. He's uh, He does voiceovers, and I, I just find that fascinating. Uh, he's also a musician, too, uh, kind of on the side. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's really you just embrace the people. And, and one of the things I had an, what I call my aviation dad back in Kentucky. Uh, his name was Steve and just a wonderful guy, uh, kind of let me partner in a cub. And he had a grass strip where he lived. He's a retired American airline pilot was a DPE, a designated pilot examiner, and he did my instrument check ride. So I asked him if he would mentor me. And he took me on uh, because my father had passed away and I really didn't come from an aviation family and didn't know how to navigate a lot of things. So one of the things he told me was, hey, Ken, always remember, no matter how somebody handles an airplane, whether you agree with it or not, or maybe you wouldn't have done it the way they did it, or any, that doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad person. Always look at that person too, and that was some of the best advice coming to uh, coming to an airline in a one twenty one world. Because gosh, you can change crews three four times a day. I mean, that's one of the worst case scenarios. Not that that's a bad thing. We're set up to do that. That's what the standardization is all about. But uh, you know, it's that makes it kind of tough because you've got four different personalities that you're working with that day. And you're doing the exact same thing because it's so standardized and it's so regimented and you know the script, but still people have, you know, their own, their own ways that they need to eat. <laughs> you know, they, they, uh, need to get their coffee. They need to do, you know, everybody has their own way of doing things. You know, like some people put their bags in the, the cockpit a different way or in a different order and, you know, and you get out of that order and they're tired and, you don't want to mess with that. You want to make sure that you can do your thing in your way that you've always done it in the order that you've done it as far as like put your bags up, do the walk around, put your, you know, iPad, mount it up and do all that stuff and then start getting the ATIS and do your normal routine, but work together. So that's just something that, uh, that comes with this particular type of flying. It can be stressful if you let it, 
but it can also be fun. You can look at it like a dance and that you're learning to dance with different partners. I know that's a little <laughs> weird and maybe maybe not so masculine sounding, but uh, it's true. That's just the way it is. There's a dance. There's a script. And you're you're a part of that. Uh, that's where the parallel for me in music is. How can I support this yeah, uh, or as an actor or whatever, you know? A lot of people call it becoming the chameleon. In, in the right <laughs> yeah, <seat. laughs> yeah there, there's a little bit of that. Yeah, and I, as long as you don't lose yourself and who you really right, are, I right. think that and that kind of brings us back full circle about the customer service. You know, this is what I know who I am and what I have to offer. And one of the things that uh, I think is important, especially for people who are transitioning or wanting to transition into aviation, you have to think of yourself as your own company. I'm the CEO of me. This is my wife's advice to me, and I think she got it from somebody else. But, you know, you're the CEO of you. You are your own corporation. How do you want your corporation to be viewed? In other words, the skill set, the professionalism that you bring to the table, uh, the attitudes that you have, that's your product. How do you market that product? And if you're in a job or a position where you don't feel like you're being – appreciate it. Don't, don't get negative. Don't let it become a job. Don't get sour and then spread that disease. You know, one bad apple ruins the whole bunch, you know, that kind of concept. Uh, it's cliche, but it's true. So find another customer. It's your job to market yourself and find another customer. So that's kind of what, uh, that's what my, my wife told me. I thought that was great advice. And that's kind of how I look at things. Here's what I have to offer. Uh, you know, and I would love for you to enjoy this product. And it gives me great pleasure if you do. If not, I can't make you buy something you don't want. You know, <laughs> that's, right. that's just kind of, that's all it is. I mean, there are some guys who can sell a kangaroo a pocket, but I'm not one of those guys. I just have what I have and <laughs> what you see is what you get, you know. Uh, but it is, you do uh, take your product and you, you try to to see where it fits in that in that environment. And hopefully if you've got a good product, it all, it, it's almost universal fit. So that chameleon thing does work. So Yeah, as long as, like you said, you don't lose yourself. I like your analogy. With that, do you think that having that attitude and being the CEO of yourself helped you as far as, and, and do you think that's good advice for others to move forward in their career, in their life? Yeah, absolutely. That was one of the best things that my wife uh, spoke to me about, you know, and what you put into your product, I think, is important. You know, since we're talking about this podcast, and this is not, let me say straight up, Carl's not paying me to say this, uh, <laughs> but I listened to you from the very get-go. I mean, I started uh, in about the same time you started with Aviation Careers Podcast, in my, and I just stumbled upon this. And I'm so, I'm so thankful for this podcast, and I, that's why I'm so tickled to be a part of it and and actually be interviewed. I'm like, wow, I get to talk with Carl. Uh, because I, I've listened to so many of these episodes and Eric Crump that you have, I mean, he's inspirational person. Oh my goodness. He made me want to go to Polk state college. You know, I mean, I really just wanted to go down there and study and be a part of his program. Uh, you know, Tom Wachowski, all, all these people, and then listen to stuck Mike Avcast too, uh, with Victoria and following her along the way of her becoming, uh, you know, a, a flight instructor and, listening to uh, Tom and Rick and just all, you know, that's been a part of my makeup, uh, a little bit of the DNA. And you guys have given it forward. And and really what you do to improve your product, it's about listening to these podcasts, about reading books, uh, you know, whether it's old stuff like uh, from back in the day, like Ernie Gans, one of my favorite authors. I love reading uh, Fate as a Hunter is one of the best books I think I've ever read uh, on aviation as far as just – I used to listen to uh, 
can I put a plug in from somebody else's podcast? Oh, sure. Oh yeah. Okay. I know you probably know these people, the finer points. Oh, uh, great. I, yeah. I used to listen to Jason and airline pilot guy just for the fun of it. Cause sometimes you can only take so much technical data and you got to hear some funny stuff, you know? Uh, so I would listen to that. Uh, LinkedIn is a great thing to hook up with other pilots and link, link up with other pilots, I guess would be the way to say it. You know, there's a lady on there that I follow that calls herself chicken a cockpit. Her name's Eric Armstrong. You know, just some of the stuff. It's about really reaching out and meeting these positive influences that are really good to put in your life. I mean, it, 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 you don't have to repeat mistakes that other people have made, hopefully by listening to a great cloud of witnesses and uh, a, a lot of wisdom from many people. You know, you can move forward quicker even if you need to or miss some of those uh, potholes and, and bumps along the way. So that is some great advice, Ken. And I tell you, I know you've done a little bit of kind of recruiting for the airline you're with right now and, and talking to people. You, you, you're great at outreach. And I love the advice you give about the LinkedIn and listen to other podcasts. And, and I love to promote all the other podcasts out there. There's so much free stuff out there and people that are trying to help you out. Uh, so appreciate you're doing that. One thing we do have to talk about, though, is, you know, you did this uh, midlife and sure. uh, started out in your 40s, moving into the career uh, as an airline pilot. I was wondering what kind of challenges, and you can get as nitty gritty as you want, like, and I'll start off, you know, for me, as you get older, it's, it gets tougher to just tie your shoes, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. so are those kind of challenges in aviation? Give us, give us some relatable challenges in, in your aviation life. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, flat out, uh, it's tough. Yeah. The older you get, um, I, I found that, um, I had to learn who I was. Uh, school was really, uh, I don't know. I guess I didn't take it as serious as maybe a lot of people in academia, uh, should have. So I just kind of breezed through school. I don't know how in the world I wound up with a, a low B average. I really don't. I didn't study much. Uh, it just kind of, I just listen in class and take tests and sometimes read. But, uh, when you get into aviation, there's a, a massive amount <laughs> of information you need to digest, but you still have to be, you still have to have common sense and be able to process normal too. So, um, it's not about just all book stuff. You still have to have a good head on your shoulders and, and think quickly and, and have decent cognitive skills. So, um, keeping that sharp, uh, that's one of the things. And I think that comes with being healthy, uh, having good food that you put in your body. I mean, uh, not only do you have to have the right information that you're putting in your brain, but you also have to have something to fire that engine correctly. And that's eating well, uh, having enough sleep, Actually, taking the time out to go have fun. Uh, rest is important. You know, we're just set up. You know, I, my faith uh, uh, leads me to to understand that we're made to work so many days a week and rest, you know, at least one day out of the week. So um, I tend to, to to follow that direction, and it has never failed. Uh, so, But surrounding yourself by positive people, getting the right attitude, diet. I, I, I stay jogging and, oh gosh, we would, my wife and I would go for a jog and we'd be on that last mile and, and we'd both be about tired. And she goes, you know, this is, this is so we can fly till we're 70, you know? And she would say those little things to me while we were jogging. And that just made me reach down and find something, some kind of grit down in there. So 
thinking good thoughts. You know, we're programmed to look at negative things and, oh gosh, I, I, I still do that. I don't want to, but that's just kind of how our brain works. That's what survival skills we have, I guess, because you're always looking for something to come get you, you know, but you can't be paranoid. You still have to think the good thoughts, make sure you see the results that you want to see. In other words, envision that. Envision yourself being what you want to become. And I know when I taught some music to to some individuals, I would always say, if you can say it, you can play it. Uh, There's quite a bit of uh, parallel to that. If you can think it and see yourself successful in that role, then you will be successful in that role. You have to first see yourself successful before you can be. That doesn't mean you can think your way through anything or meditate your way through something without putting the due diligence in. What it means is you have to see yourself coming out the other end and envision it, what you want to look like. So uh, that's really important because this is somewhat of a, it's not a sprint. You know, even if you quit and went to a flight school where you're zero to hero, it's still going to take a while. You're still going to have to build hours. You're still going to have to do uh, things that you may not want to do right now. But if you learn to enjoy it, I see a huge difference between people who've done a little bit of flight instruction and somebody who hasn't. And hopefully people who are intending on not becoming a flight instructor uh, and trying to get their hours another way, maybe they'll start to see that. Because if you can say it, man, you can play it. So if you can teach it to somebody, then it really does add to your overall uh, content and value as a person uh, and being relatable and being able to to communicate well with a lot of different personalities. I think that's important. If you can say it, you can play that, That's uh, good advice. I mean, I, really, I think one of the big takeaways uh, from you is the fact that you just have to have that great attitude that you have uh, <laughs> more than anything else uh, and be willing to learn. And I love the fact that people that come in as flight instructors and have taught before many people in the military, by the way, they, they wind up instructing. Uh, sure. and that is such a great opportunity, especially for your interview. Imagine that. I mean, if you're an instrument instructor, you're going to, you're going to ace that interview. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I had a, I probably shouldn't mention his name, but I met, I just happened to meet this guy while sitting. Uh, I had about a two hour sit in Chicago before my next flight. And I go to a kind of my a normal haunt. <laughs> That's what I call it. A place that I just sit uh, and uh, kind of get away. I don't go to the crew room very often. We have it available to us, but uh, I tend to go to this quiet area and, and hook onto the Wi-Fi. And I met a guy that was a retired uh, Navy guy. Wonderful person. I mean, my goodness. Uh, and he was kind of gray-headed like myself. And uh, we both were wearing three stripes on our shoulders. And we just hit it off. Uh, and he was asking me about rotary pilots and stuff. So I want to reach out if, if there's any rotary pilots listening to this podcast. My sim partner uh, was a Blackhawk pilot coming into the regionals. I couldn't have asked for a better person. You know, military is one of the best routes. That's what little bit of regret I have in my life uh, because music was so prevalent. I didn't I didn't serve in the military, but boy, I sure would have loved to do that, whether I don't know if I'm a rotary kind of guy. Those things make me nervous, but <laughs> but I, they're fascinating. But yeah, my, my partner was a Blackhawk pilot, and I, I just can't say enough about uh, about rotary pilots. There seems to be sometimes a stigma, or they feel less than. That is not the case at all, especially military pilots. They know CRM so well. They're used to working in a crew. They're used to working with multiple types of personalities, and and 
I, I just loved my time in the sim, and it's a very stressful time. Uh, I couldn't have asked for a better sim partner than my Blackhawk buddy. I'm glad you mentioned that. And, you know, Kim, my theory on why they feel that way is because you probably remember this years ago. Helicopter time really meant nothing to the airlines. Uh, And I think that's they've started to change that attitude. It's like the Osprey pilots. It's like, you know, yeah, they're still pilots. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's (laughs) like they they, fixed wing or is that a helicopter? You're you're a pilot, you know, so (laughs) and and those skills are very translatable to flying a jet. I mean, yeah, there's differences. Uh, Same thing, a guy flying a C-130 then flying a jet there's a few things you have to change and a few things you have to to learn but it's doable and especially somebody in the military and the great thing about the military too is that they can do a lot of emergency drills training that we can't do in emergency situations and it really shows doesn't it 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 does uh that was one of the coolest things about uh my sim partner is he just had this great demeanor it's like he was he was like an iron wedge. I mean, he wasn't going anywhere. It didn't matter what was happening. He was calm, cool, collected the whole way, you know. And he, yeah, he got nervous, but you didn't see it. And that was one of the things that uh, I think he's got he, he's got a great personality, but we're different. Uh, my wife calls me a Labrador retriever, and that's probably pretty accurate. Uh, I've just got that happy-go-lucky, I'll jump up and let's go play ball, you know, kind of a attitude. And that's a good thing. Uh, that gets things done. But I love working with other personalities. I think that's why men and women work well in the cockpit together, too. Uh, and the military, all the guys that I've flown with in the military, they're they're super chilled. They're, they're some of the most solid uh, people. Uh, and I, I've enjoyed it. I, I, I learned from them. And, and, and it doesn't – you can have a different personality. That's, that's all – it's a matter about what, how you bring it to the cockpit. And how you bring it with that person that you're with, you know, and uh, it's funny. Yeah, you do change. You do change colors and it's wonderful to fly with somebody that's different than you are because they'll bring out parts of you that you didn't know you had. And I think that's one of the best things that that I enjoy about especially CRM and flying in, in the 121 world. I think that's true. You do have to, to change colors, but don't change yourself. I like that. Some things are temporary. You know, if you don't like peanut butter and jelly and the other person does, just don't, <laughs> don't tell them that. I mean, let them eat their sandwich. You know, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's, it's funny how little things like that can set certain people off. <laughs> but, yeah, it is. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't eat tuna fish in the car. No, exactly. I, thought, I was going to get to that. I was glad you brought that up. Uh, but, but people do, they, sometimes they'll, they'll be, you know, apologize first, of course. Um, you know, Ken, I mean, this has been a great discussion. I'd love to have you back on because there's so many other things we can talk about. I would love to uh, see if you can get uh, approval from your airline to talk about the recruiting, et cetera. That's someday in the future. But something I noticed that you do, and uh, I didn't put this in the show notes, is it seems like you do some volunteer work, and you also do volunteer work in the aviation community. I personally feel that volunteering is, is one of the best things. Uh, the only article I ever had published in Alpa magazine was about volunteering and volunteerism. Uh, why is that an important part of your life being a volunteer and what things do you get involved in volunteering with both in the aviation and outside the aviation community? Oh yeah. Well, um, it, to, to me, it's, it's really, uh, it's sort of part of your, your health, uh, overall, um, more of a mental spiritual health kind of thing. It's on that side of it. Uh, there's some things that I, I'm involved in uh, with my faith and uh, the church, but 
other things are also out outside of that, which are, I love giving flights to kids, man. That's, I keep, I know I'm one of those weirdos that keep the little plastic wings in his lunchbox. And, you know, when I see a kid staring out the window at an airport and, uh, I asked their parent if I could give them a set of wings or something, you know, uh, because that meant so much to me as a kid, just seeing if a pilot would have come up to me and talked. I just thought that was great. Uh, the cub that I used to fly out at Steve's house and we kind of partnered with that and he let me kind of basically pay maintenance and, uh, pay for gas. And, and we, I just flew so many kids and gave first rides, gave my wife a tailwheel endorsement and she learned to fly and become a pilot. Also, uh, those things are so rewarding. I mean, you know, uh, I've got a gentleman down in Miami that I'm talking with. He was kind of starting uh, the program at the regional that I'm with now, uh, and trying to keep him encouraged, uh, you know, but, but at the same time, let him know what's going on and, and how things are progressing and giving him, giving him somebody to, uh, you know, have a brother maybe uh, in the industry before he even, uh, begins his, his sim session and so forth. I didn't get where I was by myself. I'm incapable of doing that. So, given to other folks. Uh, I, I love dogs, man. We did, uh, pilots and paws, my wife and I've, uh, flown some dog rescues. I've, I've done that with, uh, a bovine hoof trimmer, uh, who was one of my students when I was a flight instructor. I know that's kind of a strange <laughs> career, but that's what he did. Uh, he trimmed the hooves of, of cattle, uh, milk cows. Uh, but we've done some, some dog rescues and, and he actually was kind of the one that, that got me started in it. Uh, yeah, there's, there's so many different things out there. Pilots need a mission. That and I don't mean pilots, but the personality types. Most most personality types that become pilots, we need something. We need a mission in life, and uh, whatever that mission is, find that and see if you can find some way to do it. I flew fire patrol in Kentucky, uh, which is where I'm from. If you can't tell from my accent, and I loved that. I mean, when I was getting my private, I knew they did that there, and I was like, oh boy, man, if I could ever become a commercial pilot and fly that fire patrol. My grandfather was a fire chief, and my dad was a volunteer and started our rescue squad uh, in our county. So I've always been around that. And, oh, it just it just thrilled me to actually be a part of fire patrol and being able to fly with the woods and the mountains of, of Appalachia and, and eastern Kentucky and so forth. That uh, There are wonderful things out there that you can do. Uh, it's just a matter of being available and volunteering yourself and, and putting it out there. And it, it, it seems to just fall in your lap. I wish I had a secret formula to tell somebody, but there's just so many great things out there to do and, and just be nice to everybody. Be nice. You don't, it doesn't take the time that it takes and it'll take less time. That's, I know that's probably cliche, but, uh, that's just the truth. If you take the time to be, be nice to people, um, it just takes less time. Then you're not having to go back and redo relationships or redo things. That's some great advice, Ken. Boy. Um, so, you know, we talked about some of these volunteer things, and I know people are wondering how they can get in touch with those. Uh, we'll have a link at the bottom, the Pilots and Paws. Uh, like you talked about, giving people flights, EAA's Young Eagles program is great, Fire Patrol. That, yeah. that Those are awesome, isn't it? You get the little wings, and they're in a logbook. Isn't that cool? Oh, yeah. And <laughs> I, I mean, I used to print out, and you can go online. For, for those of you who are CFIs or have the ability, I used to go online and print out these uh, uh, little certificates for first flight. I mean, yeah, I just look it up. I think it's like, I better not say because I'll put it up. I'll say something wrong. But we'll have a link. Just search it. Yeah. Okay. Good. We'll have a link you in can, the show notes. <laughs> you can print those out, and uh, it's it's really great to see those kids light up. Uh, you know, I actually I flew a kid on Christmas Day 
one time and his mother freaked out that I would actually do that. I'm like, are you kidding me? I would love to do that. What a Christmas present, you know? So it's such a joy, you know, try to do it. Give yourself, uh, give yourself the opportunity and you'll be the one that's more blessed than the individual you're trying to help. I'll guarantee it. Yeah, so true. I mean, some of you people have been listening. Obviously, uh, Ken's a big musician. There's things that you can get involved that's both aviation and flying. Flying Musicians Association. What a wonderful organization. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not a part of that. I, I think I'm following them. I just started doing that. So, I, you know, I'm kind of excited about that because the more I'm in this this realm, I'm interacting with more pilots now. Uh, in the 135 realm, I was a little bit more limited with being able to talk and chat and meet all these different personalities. You know, it was just the company I worked with or just the people. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 that's a really neat organization. And there's so many out there that are musicians, you know, it's crazy. And motorcycle, I don't know, motorcycles and musicians, that's kind of a, a common denominator for some reason, seems like what I'm finding. Yeah, yeah, motorcycles, musicians, GA pilots, even at the airlines. Oh, some of them absolutely. actually, yeah, it's it's quite yeah. amazing. So no matter what, you'll get involved. And don't remember when you become an airline pilot, all these things and all these interests, uh, you're still going to have. You know, I'm into the lighthouse associations, and uh, you know, you might be into musicians or or motorcycle dogs, cats, whatever, you know, animals. There's so many things that you you define yourself by who you are, not just by being an airline pilot. So like I've always said, if this goes away, you know, there's other things that I love to do. As a matter of fact, like this, helping out people. And Ken, I'm sure you agree. I mean, there's, well, you obviously do so many different things. It's amazing. Well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm anything special. I just think uh, I'm probably one of those kind of people that, that, you know, we need a lot of things on our plate. We like we like a lot of different foods to eat. You know, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I think there's a reason the good Lord made all the flowers different colors, right? You know, it'd be a boring place if everything was all red or all yellow. You know, so that's why we have different colored stuff to enjoy and and do. And uh, that's kind of how I see life. I I, I used to uh, I used to look at it a little differently than that and think, I, oh, I'm getting myself spread too thin. Y- yeah, not really. Um, you got to have a lot of different things out there uh, to occupy your mind. And like you said, keep moving forward. Keep learning. One of the things that I learned from you, Carl, is to do one thing every day, every single day, whether it's study, make a phone call, network, go fly an airplane, do some research, or just simply, like I said, meditate and see yourself at the end of the tunnel. See yourself coming out of this thing the way you want to look, you know. Uh, and, and that adds so much to to the process. It, it actually completes the process if you'll stick with it. Couldn't have said that better myself, Ken. That was awesome. Well, you did. <laughs> I stole your line. Sorry, Carl. <laughs> no, no, I, I tell you, it really does work. It's just one little step at a time. And, uh, you know, like you said, you can do all these things. You just have to prioritize. That's all. Um, you know, Ken, here's a tough question for you. Now, I, I know uh, just based on your personality, you, you're probably going to say you, you, it depends. But so you're a regional airline pilot right now. And so what's next in, in Ken's life? What, what, what's your first officer? What, what's next in your career? You know, I, yeah, I listened to your last one and you asked Nancy Bradshaw that. And I thought, oh, man, Carl's going to probably ask me this. So I thought about it yesterday. I went for a jog. And I thought, Gosh, um, it, it really boils down to, to that advice that my wife passed on to me that she probably heard somewhere else about, you know, you're the CEO of you. Uh, I'm, I'm a 69 model. So I just turned 50 back in November and. I'm still learning, I think, a little bit about myself. I'm, I think I'm self-aware, uh, but there's still 
so many things to learn because I'm not the same person I was. My wife's not the same person I married 18 years ago either. And I'm glad of that. So I'm not going to give you that. It depends. I, I know I love customer service. Uh, the one thing I love flying the beavers. I love float planes, man. That was such a passion. That was how I started my aviation career. I went at it backwards. That's normally a retirement job for people. Uh, but that's how I started flying in Alaska float planes. Just a wonderful experience. I love it. I love floats. I love, uh, taking care of people. Um, I, I've always enjoyed fire patrol and flying the mountains. Uh, you know, I, there's some things that fit that, you know, water bombers flip my switch. Uh, I don't know if, if I could ever get that opportunity. Uh, but I, I'd really like to see, uh, this was a one, I didn't think I would be at the airlines, to tell you the truth. Um, uh, it wasn't something that I set out to put my claws into. I just wanted to see what was available and what, what I could do. And if I made a career out of this, that was fantastic. My goal was to fly a, a Beaver or a DC-3, honestly. <laughs> I know that probably sounds like a very small goal. And, and one of my favorite pilots that mentored me in Alaska, he said, you know, we were coming up to the end of the season. He says, what are you going to do, Ken? I was like, I don't know, Clark. Well, uh, he says, you mean you don't have a plan? He said, you knew this was seasonal flying, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let me do some thinking. So that's when I came back and flew charter. And uh, I found out that my customer service skills were – one of the things that I enjoyed the most. So, you know, we'll see. I'm still new at this company. I've just been uh, at the regionals for a little over a year. Uh, January was my uh, anniversary. So what is this? Th uh, 15 months, I guess. Uh, 13 months, 14 months. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly where I fit here all the way. I know I fit as a pilot, but are there other areas of this company that I can add to? You know, what is my product worth here and how does it fit here? So I'm still learning. Uh, and if I find a niche, obviously, in the training department or uh, recruiting or whatever, that, that would be fantastic. I'm, I'm just leaving those doors open. Uh, but as far as flying, man, if there are any DC-3 jobs out there, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of unaware of those. <laughs> but uh, they're flying cargo, I think, in South, South America. But uh, I don't think they hire too many expats to do that. So... Um, you're right, Carl. I can't give you a definite answer. I just know what works for me uh, as far as being able to help people and to know that that I'm making – anybody can make uh, – I, I think anybody can do something, uh, but it's when you really find your niche is when you make an impact. Impressions are a dime a dozen. Everybody has an impression. Sometimes first impressions aren't the right impression, but an impact uh, seems to have long-lasting value. And – if I can figure out a way to make an impact uh, while using my skills as a, as a pilot, oh my goodness, that to me that's where everything will come together, you know. So, well, Ken, you sure have made an impact, I'm sure, on, on quite a few people listening right now, and uh, I've learned a lot listening to you, and I'm sure there's a lot of folks out there that are going to have questions and. If you do have questions, by the way, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. We'll forward them on to Ken. And Ken, I hope, I hope you don't mind maybe coming back on sometime to talk a little bit about those uh, oh, answers. My, my heart's starting to pop. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, you, you don't know how many hours I've spent. Uh, you know, my job prior to aviation required uh, an hour drive both ways. So I had two-hour commute. Plus, I was driving to airports after I'd get off work to go work with students or to go fly something. Uh, so I was listening to you guys all I mean, I, 
yeah, I, I'm I'm almost speechless because I'm like, golly, I'm right in there with Crump and Tom and <laughs> Victoria. It just flips. And Sean Moody, who, uh, you know, I think is in a different market now. He's from Lexington. So I used to see yeah. him on oh, the that's news. That's right. That's right. He's, so, yeah. And he's doing news out west now. So Yeah. Yeah. So uh, cool. Yeah, I, I would love to, man. That, that that just flips my switch. Thank you, Carl. Awesome. And, and of course, we'd love to have you back on to talk a little bit about uh, even some of the flying. I know a lot of people are interested in flying in Alaska. That's a whole nother conversation so we'll definitely have to have you on to talk a little bit how to do that some advice that type of thing i'd love to have you do that (laughs) yeah the float plane pilot from kentucky (laughs) yes yeah let's go figure (laughs) go figure what answer well ken again thanks so much for being here um and uh any last advice you want to give to the folks before uh we we let you go here just stay positive um hang in there take care of yourself uh first and foremost and and realize hey you know this is a, a long journey. Enjoy it along, uh, you know, all the milestones, count your blessings along the way and don't forget to, to relive those. I mean, we've got cars have large windows in the front and small rear view mirrors. So don't forget to check the rear view mirror every now and then, but keep moving forward. That's the biggest thing. Well, Ken, that's some great advice. And for you that's listening right now, don't forget to do like Ken had said, do something, really anything today or each day that you're uh, moving forward in your life and your career. It may not be career oriented. It could be something that is for you. Uh, Maybe you'll learn to start, you know, meditating or read a book, do something that's really going to grow yourself. And if you take those small steps, I tell you what, you're going to make it no matter what you do in life. If you just do something, when you turn this podcast off, you stop riding your bicycle, you stop working out, I want you to try to to take that and do something right now. It could be writing down a, a note, etc., but do something today to move forward in your career. Well, folks, we'll talk to you next episode and safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler, all rights reserved.